All right. Time to take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. We can now exhale. The MLW season winding down. The dog days of August winding down as we head into the beautiful season that is fall here in the great state of Michigan. As we are here in Michigan amongst the Schultz's basement and we are filming and recording the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Too many of your surprise. We may have lied to you last week and said, you know what, this will be our last episode with Jack in person, but guess what? Psych! He's sitting right next to me, just like old times. Gotcha! You can't beat it. Mr. Swagner back here today. I already know that he's doing great. He's got a big old smile on his face. No need to catch up. We are shooting this, uh, I'll be honest, we're shooting this the very next day because uh, it's episode 60 and I planned something a little special for you guys. So we're actually filming this on the day that episode 59 came out, and this will be out in just a few days later. But Jack and I had an opportunity to pop up today, and we couldn't let it slip. I like to say when you see a good deal, you gotta, you got to pounce like a Bengal tiger. You can't let it slide. We're capitalizing on this opportunity. There's only so many opportunities that you're going to be presented to you in your life. And guess what? If you let too many go, next thing you know, you're 85, you need a hip replacement, and you're like, man, I should have did more when I had both real hips. And you reek of regret. You reek of regret yeah. and a distinct old man smell <laughs> known as mung beans. <laughs> <laughs> very distinct, very distinct. I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> I sprout mung beans in my desk. <laughs> if you know, you know. But all right, this is a Wiffle Ball podcast, as I always say, so we will dive into some Wiffle Ball. And as we know, I am the captain of the Mallards. And, uh, you know, last series, it was what it was. And uh, I hate to be a spoiler, but, you know, this is what we do is spoil the series. If you haven't watched the video already, Hope you already did because Mallards took three fat capital L's. L's. And I am not proud of it one bit. But that's going to do it, folks. Mallards eliminated from the postseason officially. Second straight year we've missed it. I'm not proud of it. I'm a bit embarrassed to be a part of it. But um, I can't change the past. I can only, you know, look forward to the present. So, Jack, what did you see in the video? Well, obviously, Tom, Sorry. Um, hey, it's okay. it, but like it's you said, me. it is what it is. Got to look forward now. It seems like, you know, Jorgensen looked pretty filthy out there. Disgusting. He looked pretty nasty. Um, I said this to everybody, including Jorgensen, including Kyle, Daniel, everyone who was there and everyone who I've talked to since that day. Never since I have returned to the league in 2017 was I pitched to the way Jorgensen pitched to us yeah. on that day. It yeah. was disgusting. It was the, the fact that he was able to locate and kind of disguise probably four or five solid pitches. Like like I've, I've said before, pretty much everyone always knows what's coming, but it's still hard to hit. Mm-hmm. On that day, I actually didn't know what was coming. He no was throwing clue. multiple pitches on the same arm slot, and I was really having a tough time putting it together. Like, yeah, I didn't feel upset. And the fact that, you know, like, oh, we're just struggling, we can't adjust, all this stuff. Like, we just flat out got beat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, we're eliminated, from the, we're eliminated from the playoffs, but based on that series, if it's us or them, like, Absolutely, we right. should be the ones to miss. They outplayed us in every aspect of the game. It just it sucks. Like I said, it was what it was, and our pitching once again wasn't the issue. But we just got outplayed in terms of we couldn't hit the ball because of how nasty Jorgensen was, and Cheatham pitched good too. Yep, they <clears throat> they looked good. They obviously you know locked up a spot for them mm-hmm. themselves yeah. in the postseason. I know postseason is set three teams wise. The seating can change, but yeah. Mallards are and out. We know the Gators have the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They showed it last year. Um, them having two arms with Jorgensen, especially if he's pitching that well. Yeah. And Cheatham, Filthy, man. 
you know, they're going to be a tough team down the stretch for sure. Yeah, last year, so it was interesting because last year we faced them in the whole, like, speed gate series where Jorgensen right. was throwing hard. And that series, I wouldn't say I thought his stuff was disgusting. He was kind of just throwing the same pitch over and over again, but throwing it hard. So it was hard to pick up on. I mean, I was making contact but not squaring it up, but it was a whole different pitcher that I faced on that on that evening. Do you think um, that he did good against the radar? Yeah, you know, it was a while back, but I don't remember there being any major. He was not. No, let me rephrase that. I remember. Yeah, it was there. It was there. He wasn't having any problems, like not even warnings. He was sitting like only high 60s, low 70s. That shows you don't need to throw hard. Yeah. And shows that he's, you know, been practicing and figuring out. He just mixed it up really well, kept me off balance all day, and it it was just, it was unbelievably frustrating, but. And I was pretty upset after the series. I'm not gonna lie, but it's been a couple weeks now, and um, you know, it's rea- like I said, it's reality, and I can't, I can't change it. It sucks that you guys have to watch that, and the people who support me, I, I feel for you. People who bought my jersey, but um, <laughs> don't count me out just yet, guys. Don't count me don't out just count yet. Him out. Don't count me out just yet. If I know anything about Tom, he's gonna have some tricks up his sleeve, and he's gonna have a team ready to go for next year. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, a lot can happen. A lot can happen. So. Uh, don't count me out just yet. I promise it's it's not over. It will be over one day. I'm not gonna play this game forever, but don't count me out just quite <laughs> yet. So yeah, that's about all I have to say on that. Um, I don't want to sit here and cry about how we didn't make the playoffs. Like I said, it is what it is. Um, it's a bummer, and I thought we could have played well in a lot of different aspects this season, but at the end of the day, we did not play good enough to make the playoffs. So, Jack, hopefully you can make a push and don't end up where I'm at. You know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping, Tom. And and we can uh, we can get into a little discussion here, Jack. I've, I've officially uh, I've put Trevor Bonham on on the trading block here right before the deadline. He's on the block. He's on the block. He's on the he's on the. It's gonna get crazy here in this league. I I put him on the block Ooh, right after the game, and um, let's just say I got a lot of text messages right away. So expect to see Trevor Bonham on the move. I'm sure in episode 61 we'll have an update with that. But um, there's a lot of places he could land. I've already got some good offers. I've been talking to a couple managers and. Uh, it just makes sense to me. I don't know. I think he's a great player. I think we had a great team, but obviously we didn't work as a as a group and a unit. Yep. So I got to shake things up. Got to have that cohesion for myself and for Trevor. I think it's best for both both parties to put, to split at this point. And I've talked discussed it with him, and I think he's he's on board as well. So we'll we're, see we're about making the that, move. Tom. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see where he ends up. I'm curious. Like I said, I've gotten a lot of good offers. So stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned. We interrupt this audio greatness for an important ad read, and it comes from the Backyard Football League, a three-on-three flag football league based out of New England. Dating back to the fall of 2019, over 25 unique teams featuring over 150 different athletes have competed to win the all-coveted title of BFL champions. Varying from 8 to 16 teams competing in the past three years, their league features a mix of returning and new teams each season. This past summer, 10 teams battled for the title. All of their videos can be found on their Instagram, which is at official backyard football. Their Super Bowl video was uploaded on Saturday, August 21st, so be sure to go check that out. Thank you, Backyard Football League. Now back to the pod. All right, we are at another milestone in Pipe It Up history, episode 60. You guys saw in episode 50, I brought the big guns, Mark Schultz, and his tight schedule, I got him out here. But today, we're, we're, we're right there. I'm not going to say he's at the Mark Schultz level quite yet in life. He's got a lot more years to, to, to go through, a lot more wisdom to endure in his lifetime. But sitting across from me right now is none other than the man that I call Jimothy James, Jimbo Slice. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Jimmy Norp. 
Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on the show. The fans are going to love this. Tom, it's an absolute honor to be here on the Pipe It Up podcast with you. I'm no Mark Schultz for episode 50, but episode 60, hopefully we can get something done. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is no this is no phone call garbage. This is Jimmy sitting across from the table with me here in the Schultz's basement. We're doing this live in person. In the booth. And uh, we're, in the, we're in the booth. We're in the studio right now. This is great. So it's no secret that Jimmy's having a lot of success right now, and his Diamondbacks are, um, you know, power ranking number one team. Um, I think it's pretty unanimous by everybody because they're playing well in on all three sides of the ball, hitting, fielding, pitching. But today's about you, Jimmy. I mean, I know you're a team guy. I'm not going to take that away from you. But don't guy. be afraid to talk about yourself a little bit here as we want to get to know you. Absolutely. I know you've been on the show before, and Drew's had the pleasure of speaking with you a few times, and you know we've talked a lot off, off the record. But um, I want to just talk about your, your going back to last year when you first came into the league. Um, what were your expectations for yourself as a player? All right, Tom. So going into last season, I definitely viewed myself as more of a pitcher than a hitter. Mm-hmm. When I came up in the Winter League, my bat was never really there. I had maybe one or two hits the whole league, but I always trust my stuff on the mound. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to establish myself as a good player, you know, a guy who could stay in the league for a while. I was definitely nervous coming into it, but, yeah, I just wanted to establish myself as an average player so I could stay in the league. Mm-hmm. And did you want to take on, you know, more of a leadership role as you kind of evolved into a captain of your squad now? Or did you want to be more of a guy who just shows up, balls out, collects his W's, and heads on home? No, yeah. I definitely think if you talk to all my friends or anybody who knows me, I've always been more of a leader than a follower. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to the D-backs, I'm kind of the guy who can lead us. I take, like, great notes of pitching staffs and things like that. I have all the pitchers scouted. It really helps out my whole team, not mm-hmm. only myself, but yeah, I'm definitely more of a leader than a follower, and I was very happy to get the managerial role this season. Hey, you have more fun as a follower, but you uh, make more money as a leader. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the goal. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, I uh, I got to say, you talk about like how you scout and do the, the film study and the scouting reports on the pitchers. That, that's becoming more and more popular. We saw, um, you guys will see later in the season, we had a player actually out in the outfield doing some, some diligent note-taking during oh, yeah. a series. You'll yeah. see. I know exactly so, what you're talking about, yeah. Tom. That guy might have picked that one up for me. <laughs> he might have took it right out of the Jimmy Norp yeah. handbook. But, um, so now, moving into this season, you know, you, like I said, you've established yourself. You, you're, uh, you know, you're, your name is known by the fans of the league. Um, you're now more of a captain of your squad, a manager, if you will. But talk about now kind of how you've slingshotted into arguably the most, the most popular player outside of, or even more so than like um, guys who have kind of started way back when in 2010, 11, 12. So did you anticipate that happening so quickly? And just like, what's it like? Cause I, I, I'm not, I don't live your life. I don't, I'm not in your shoes every day. So I don't really know what that's been like from you as a guy who was a fan of this league at one point and is now playing in this league and is now, you know, the most popular player. Yeah, all I can say is, Tom, is everything you see on the camera is real. I mm-hmm. don't do anything that I wouldn't oh, do I know. off camera. <laughs> what you see is what you get. I'm just a high-energy guy. I love to compete. I'll always say I'm not the most talented guy in this league, mm-hmm. but I'm a competitor. At the end of the day, I hate losing more than I love winning. Mm-hmm. And that's, Billy that's, Bean. That's big with me. And as you say, the popularity, I don't know how it came. Kyle texted me about the Get Norp shirts way mm-hmm. back when last season. kind of blew my mind. But yep. meeting all these fans and stuff at tournaments has been crazy. I mean, the fans have been great to me. My DMs have been awesome. So shout out to everybody who's messaged me or anything like yep. that. I love interacting with you guys. It's just been a really cool run so far. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, it is, it's newer for you than it is for some of us. But, you know, you've been here for a good chunk of the growth as well. You know, last year when you, when you joined us, 
Um, I think we were in the low 100,000 subscriber range, so we've more than doubled that since you've been here, and I think a lot of the new fans have gravitated towards you as you're one of the more talented guys, fun to watch, clearly a great personality. So um, it's cool, and I'm like, it's pretty special to watch uh, someone else's life be impacted, even in the slightest. And, you know, Norp, like you said, he's got merch now. He's the first player to have his own merchandise in the league. Um, so that's pretty sweet. And, you know, he's got 11,000 followers, I think, on TikTok <laughs> now. So he's even, like, being able to, you know, you've been able to show your love of baseball to uh, a lot of people as well. And I think, you know, MLW has helped you a little bit in that aspect of the game as well. So it's a pleasure having you. Um, and I'm glad to see the growth and your personal growth and all that kind of stuff, man. So I hope you've been enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate that. MLW has definitely changed my life forever. Go follow me on the TikTok, as Tom mentioned, <laughs> at Jim Lincecum. Nice. I love that tag. Um, just getting to know a little bit more about you. You mentioned baseball. Jim, is there someone that you either model your game after as a baseball player or, um, you know, or just someone who is your favorite baseball player? Could you peg that at one person? Oh, yes. Yeah, well, I'll give you two great answers on this one. So pitching, people always talk about my motion, all my different deliveries, throwing off hitters timing. That all comes from Johnny Cueto. If you guys don't know him, you got to check him out. He's a lot of fun to watch on the mound. And then growing up, I was actually always a big Jose Reyes fan, so that's a big flashback. If anybody knows who that is, shout out to you guys. He was just a fast, energetic guy. I wear number seven, actually, because of him, because he was my guy growing up. I'm from New York, for some of you guys who don't know, and he played for the New York Mets, so I loved watching Jose Reyes. Love that, love that. The Tim Lincecum tag is obviously because you look like him, right? right. You, have, you have the sort of the hair, right? Right. As someone who has a little bit longer hair, <laughs> I've had even longer hair in my life. Um, maybe not something I'm pr I was proud of at one point, but I respect the game. Is this the longest your hair has ever been, or have you actually, have you actually been able to grow it out longer? You know what, Jake? That's a great question. If I had to think about it, this probably is the longest my hair has ever been. If you guys watched the All-Star Game video, I finally got it up in that man bun. And that was the first time, that was the first we time I was able to do that. So it was definitely long enough for the man bun. And, I mean, I can't cut it now with the success I've been having. That's what the fans keep saying. So I'll keep it for the rest of the year for sure. That's dedication. That's dedication. Honestly, this is actually something I wasn't going to discuss with you, but I, I would love to now. Like, yeah, do you feel like... <laughs> Do you feel obligated to keep it as, like, it's kind of, like, part of your image now? Because, like, to be honest, part of the reason I feel like I started wearing the bandana, you know, in MLW, like, 2017, 18, we kind of got into that thing, and I started wearing it. It was, like, my thing. And it was pretty weird to see, like, I went to the Twinsburg World Series in, I think, 2018 or 19. I can't remember. Right. but And there was two kids there, and they came to, like, the pitching clinic, and they both had on the white bandana. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is weird, man. But which is awesome. I took a picture with them. I still have the picture to this day. So shout out to those kids. That's but great. I also have kind of like been phasing it out a little bit because I don't want to be just the kid. Oh, he's the one who wears the bandana in that league. Like I want to be. <laughs> right. I want. I don't want to be attached to like a look necessarily. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So that's why I stopped doing it. So do you ever consider like cutting your hair or anything like that, or do you think it's this is me? I'm wearing it, and this is this is what you're getting. Tom, I haven't thought about cutting it yet, really. I know I said <laughs> that one video, I was going to go short, but mm -hmm. I was kind of... Yeah, he told kinda, me he was cutting I it. I was kind of just pulling your leg there, if I'm being honest. I don't okay. think I've really ever thought about Jim, cutting it. Maybe when I Jim's get older. Just yanking my chain. Classic Jimbo. <laughs> what? I just remember last year when I shaved my beard, and people were hot pissed. They did not like it. So, I mean, I don't blame you for not wanting to cut it, um, even though it is part of your look, and obviously... Probably doesn't have any impact on the game. You I know, know, I respect that. that. I don't know who'd be more mad if I cut the cut the hair, the fans or Kyle. 
I think, I think, Kyle, I think Kyle would give me a no, bit I think of a hard time he, about he it. He would. Cause, well, because like I said, even with like the bandana thing, I think if you're saying this is my brand, my image, and I want to build myself around this, like exactly. the smarter move is to keep the hair, wear the bandana, whatever you want to say. But I don't know. I just wasn't into it. Maybe I'm an idiot for that. But <laughs> I just, I've been phasing it out slowly. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it because to be honest with you, it came, it was started as a fashion thing and it came into a functional thing. Like if I pitch and I don't have it now, it's like gross because I'm dripping sweat. Like I right. need it. I need the bandana. If you see me at the tournaments, I'll usually wear a hat throughout the day, and then for the games, I'll strap on the bandana, not to look like a loser, or <laughs> look like this is my thing and I'm wearing it, and this is me, I'm an MLW, look at me. It's because I will sweat so bad, and I'll be like dripping down my eyebrows, but the bandana will absorb it all. So that's like, it became an essential. I've cut the grass wearing a bandana <laughs> at my house, I'm not kidding. They're really, they're really effective, I'm not going to lie. But um, switching gears here, have you ever been recognized in public before for your wiffle ball? This year has actually been pretty crazy, Tom. Really? I, last year, I wouldn't say I really got recognized at all, but as you guys probably know on the Pipe It Up podcast, I play in a slow-pitch softball mm-hmm. league, yep. and I swear at least half the teams knew who me, like Nick Saylor and Jonah Heath were. That's so cool. I went cool. to the Tigers game the other day with my girlfriend, and like mm-hmm. I got recognized like four times there, which was pretty cool. Yep. Fans came up, took pictures with me, always happy to take them. It makes my day probably just as much as it makes theirs, so it's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, well, you're saying from last year to this year, because once again, me and Jack talk about it a lot on here, is like, it's hard to put into perspective the amount of lives that are being impacted when you just see a number changing on the screen. But then in stuff like that, you're like, wow, we actually are getting bigger because when you joined us, we only had, like I said, 120K, and now we're at 280,000 on Instagram, on YouTube, excuse me. So that's a lot more people. It's crazy. I, I also got recognized for the first time at a Tigers game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that makes sense. Baseball, it's like a ba- baseball atmosphere. Yeah. So it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was, it was kind of embarrassing, honestly. <laughs> Were you there with like your family? Yeah, with my family. Yeah, my family was there like, too. Oh, celebrity, blah blah blah. I'm like, shut up. See, my parents, my family was the opposite. My dad's eyes like lit up. They're like, these kids know who you are. Yeah. Like, I don't think he realizes like sometimes how big the league actually is. Yeah, it always, I don't know. I don't want to like. Do you do you enjoy like talking about your your wiffle ball hobby with your family and friends, or do you keep it to yourself a little bit? I probably keep it to myself a little bit. My family, my sister is like big into it. She always gives mm-hmm. me a hard time about things. She comments on posts sometimes. I even see, which is pretty funny. But mm-hmm. she's a pretty big supporter, so I give her a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I like, um, like obviously we're all pretty passionate. We spend a lot of time doing this. We're all pretty passionate about it. But sometimes, like when I'm going places and like seeing family and stuff like that. Like, it's almost like, can we talk about something else, please? Like, yep. I've been doing this, like, all week and all weekend, and I'm tired from work and stuff, and then it's, like, all these wiffle ball questions, like, what are you guys doing? You should do this. You should do it this way, that way. And I'm, like, like I really appreciate all the feedback, yeah. but, like, let's talk about something else. Yeah, for you, it's probably even harder because you're one of the guys running this league, yeah. so we're definitely good, trying to give you advice like that for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I do. I probably come off as a jerk sometimes. I'm not never trying to be. It's more so just, like, I like to try to, like, like going up north with family, I want to just, like, fish by the lake and i don't want to talk about like my bit like my nine to five job or my my late night job which is wiffle ball so yeah jack you got any more questions for jim i got some questions so your new manager this year obviously for the diamondback you got to go to like i'll say a pump up speech or maybe not even like a speech but just something you tell your guys before each game just to get you guys cohesively as a unit in the right headspace. Is there something you go to all the time? Yeah, Jack. My biggest thing out there is just tell the guys to have fun. Like we're we're grown we're grown men Love playing that. a children's game. Go out there and have fun. That's true. Not a lot of people get the chance to do what we're doing. You look at a field like the Meadows, being out on a wiffle ball field like that. It's every kid's dream to be out there. You never know when your last wiffle ball game's going to be your last wiffle ball game, so you might as well enjoy it. 
takes the pressure off the guys for sure. And I think it's been a great mindset for us all season. Yeah, that's I, I tell my guys that all the time too, is just go out and have fun. I think, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we're there to do. And if and if you're doing that, usually good stuff comes of it. Exactly. Um you you mentioned obviously it's a kid's game. What age do you think you were when you first picked up a wiffle ball bat? That's a good question. We used to play wiffle ball in my backyard all the time as kids, probably like five years old. We yeah. made up we played we made up games, pretended we were MLB players, just like any other typical kid. So I'd say, yeah, like five years old. But we actually started – we didn't actually start playing the real game of wiffle ball until like 2018, that first wiffle in the mitten tournament is when me and Nick Saylor, Jonah Heath, and Michael Shima picked up the yellow wiffle ball bat and started practicing with actual wiffle balls. Okay, okay. So you've been around the game for quite some time. Oh, yeah. I think I, I have two. I have two. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think I think I've been around for a couple a couple of years, maybe one or two. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to touch on. I want to interrupt you guys' conversation or anything, but um, you're talking about like telling you guys to have fun and stuff like that, and I do think it's important. And we were just talking about how um, like we were considering dumping Trevor, not dumping him, but trading him. <laughs> um, and that's part of the reason why. Like I just feel like we were talented, and I feel like he's got a lot of buddies in this league, and I feel like we just weren't bonding as well as I wanted to, and. Maybe he'd enjoy being somewhere else more than there, and it just it just wasn't working. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I also wanted to say that because I've been doing this for so long and so many years, I do have to like snap out of it sometimes when like you're out there and you're like filming like today, like getting eaten by mosquitoes and like you're kind of I don't want to say miserable, but you're like get me out of here, like I want to go home. And then you kind of think back to when you were ten and you posted your first video and like you were screaming and yelling so excited because we woke up and it had twelve views. Like this is. You work hard to get towards something, and then you're there, and a lot of times then you're focused on the growth and how we get bigger, how we get bigger, but, like, you're currently doing <laughs> what you wanted to do growing up, and other kids want to be where you are, so it's really hard, like, not to take it for granted, and, like, yeah, I've been playing for so long, so I'm like, all right, another year, yep. another series for the Mallards, but, like, so many kids would kill to be out there doing what I'm doing, exactly. so I, I really try not to take it for granted, and that's why I said, like, um, you know, I'm not done yet, because... I've this game has given me too many cool experiences in my life to, to quit on it yep. and and roll over. So um, I'm not done yet. And Jimmy, you're not done yet either, man. No, man. Just got, getting started. You're just you got a lot of games left this series, and I know for sure the Diamondbacks are going to be playing in some important in some important games um, later on this year. You've already clinched your spot in the postseason. Yep. Thanks to that garbage team who wears green, who's already eliminated. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> um, I wish you the best of luck, man. I'm looking forward to your journey as a Whiffler, as a young man growing up, and. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, Tom, thanks for having me. It's been an absolute blast so far. Yeah, definitely, uh, Jim, happy to have you here. We are here on the Pipe It Up podcast. Um, we have a little segment called The Tale of the Rail where we tell some fun stories, maybe some scary stories, maybe some embarrassing stories, really just anything, anything you got. Um, and since you're here, you know, we figured maybe you had one to tell. You got anything for us today? Oh, you know, Jack, I think I got a good one for you. Let's get into it. There's a cumulonimbus coming in from the western front. <laughs> All right, Jack. So as I said earlier, I am from New York. I never grew up there or anything, but my family goes there and visits quite often. So in 2001, we were in New York City. 2001 was the year I was born, so I wasn't even one years old yet. But I've heard this story many times from my family. In the year 2001 in New York City, there was a huge blackout. No lights, no power, no anything. So we're just walking. We're trying to find a way home. 
The subway's packed. Nobody can get home. It's not even running at this point. I'm on my dad's shoulders, right? And he's walking. And all of a sudden, there's a giant crate. And right, and he, hold on, hold on. I got to redo it. I got to redo it. I messed up. So there's a giant crate coming up. And he hands me off to my mom before we can even see this crate. So I'm now off my dad's shoulders. Well, my okay. dad ends up falling into this crate, and you can't, because you couldn't see it. And are you, he, you keep saying crate, like a, like a hole? Like a hole. Okay. It's a big hole that leads okay. down to the subway, like where the train would be coming oh through. Oh, my. It's about a 30-foot drop, 50-foot drop, maybe even. What? He catches himself on the two sides of the crate, so now he's hanging there by his arms. You can only see his head, right? And all of a sudden, two giant, he's hanging there for probably about a good five minutes. And nobody, nobody, no help, no nothing. And again, it's pitch black, so you couldn't even really see him. And all of a sudden, I heard two giant men just walk over and just scoop him up out of the crate like nothing even happened. They put him aside and keep walking. So the crazy thing is, is he handed me off about 30 seconds before he fell into the crate. If I'm still on his shoulders, me and him are both toast. You're toast. I wouldn't be sitting You're here. You're burnt toast. I would not be sitting here telling you that story today. Holy cow. That yeah. is insane, dude. Yeah. That's like literally a scene out of a movie. Straight like that's like out a final movie. destination movie scene. And then that not, is wild. Not only even that, we never even got home that night. So it's about 3 a.m. and we'd just crash on the street, like on the on the sidewalk. We were homeless <laughs> for a night. We never got what? home. My dad's bleeding out of his arms, just gushing blood from hanging on to the side of that crate for five minutes. Never even got home that night. Wow. I mean, just the, the, the odds of that happening and just like you said, I mean, you're 30 seconds away from not being here to being tell here the tale. That is, that is insane. That is wild. I don't think anyone in my family has had an encounter like that in my life. I need to see like a Google image of this, like get a visual of what the heck happened, but your dad must have some insane adrenaline. Yeah, I guess so. He was hanging on for dear life, I guess. I mean, my goodness. He's That's a, he's, insane. He's a, he's a short little fat guy. I mean, you, guys couldn't, <laughs> you, guys, you guys couldn't hear me while he was telling the story, but I was like in shock just of a man hanging there for five minutes yep, in the city. Every time my family gets together, they always tell that story whenever we're walking around New York City. So you were with your mother as well when this happened? Yeah, my whole family. My mom, my two sisters. But I'm assuming aunts, like you, you guys were afraid to try to grab him because then he had to move his arms oh, and then yeah. he'd fall. Yeah, nobody was, nobody was reaching for him. Everybody was just kind of screaming, yelling for help. Now, you have no memory of this, but from what you've been told, was there panic involved or was he kind of cool, calm, and collected, like, chilling? I, <laughs> I heard he was, he was chilling there, Tom. He was just holding on. His head was just sitting there. That was all you could see was the dude's head. But, I mean, I'm sure on the inside he was panicked, but he's normally a pretty calm, cool, and collected guy. Yeah, I don't know. It's You don't know how you would react in a situation like that until you're there. You know what I mean? Because your body just goes into a whole different, like, mode, if that makes sense. But, my goodness, that is unbelievable. I cannot even fathom what your mother was thinking while this was happening. And you probably didn't even realize, she probably didn't even realize until later, like, of the whole, like, how you were passed over right. to her. And you kind of realize, like, oh, my gosh, if Jimmy was in so-and-so's hands, then... They're both gone. They're both goners. That's wild. Yep. It's a crazy world we live in, man. The crazy world we live in. Tragic things happen all the time like that to people who deserve way better. I'm really glad you, you can live to tell the, tell the tale on the tail to rail. Thanks, Tom. I mean? That means the world to me, man. I don't know. I can't follow that up with anything. I got nothing. <laughs> I'm kind of shocked, to be honest. I haven't been around New York City too much. I've been there for about a 24-hour period of my entire life after I played in the Cooperstown New York tournament. Right. Um, but wow, man, that's 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 a showstopper. Yeah. Just imagine that whole city with like no lights. 
That's mind blowing stuff. That is mind New York City not lit up. This was in the year two thousand and one. Two thousand one. Wow. Was there was there a big storm or something? <laughs> you know, I don't know why the lights were out. Actually, I think blackouts can happen look it when, it, when it gets really hot and like people are using electricity, like like to keep the pump the AC. Yeah. Power can go out. That can happen, or just the grid gets knocked out. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know what causes a blackout. I think we had a blackout in Michigan around like two thousand five, two thousand six ish. I remember my family and I went up north for like a week. Hmm. It was crazy. But thank you for sharing that intimate story, Jim. That oh, was, no problem. That was emotional. That's what I'm, I'm here I'm for. Kind of shook up by that. That was that's pretty wild. I know. Couldn't couldn't be playing wiffle ball. Oh, how do I follow that up? Probably got to follow that up with the cue of the day to try to lighten the mood. But man, oh man, let's get the cue of the day. Cue, 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 cue of the day. Today's cue of the day is a little bit out of the ordinary. I usually have fan submissions, and I apologize. I'll still go back and look through the fan submissions that we have, but because we are only recording one day later, I don't got any fresh fan submissions. So um, keep submitting them, though, at Pipe It Up MLW on Instagram. So today, because I have Mr. James Norp across from me here, I'm going to have him lay a cue of the day on me, and I'll see, I'll see what I can do here. Me and Jack will do our best. All right, Tom. So you've won your fair share of championships in MLW, oh right? Yep. I want to know, what do you think is the biggest factor of a championship MLW wiffle ball team? Great question. Look at Jim, putting together a solid one right what on the spot. Wise guy I put here. him on the spot. I said, Jim, you got a question? He goes, yeah, I think I got something. Yeah, just casually. One. Man, so I've won some championships in the good, the good old days, as you'd say, of MLW, and there was two teams, three teams, four teams, and I've, made, I've won a championship in a slightly newer era in a six-team league, never in an eight-team league. Oof. There's, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that derive a championship team. But if I had to pick one thing above all else that wins championships, I would say it's the clutch factor. Yep. It's, it's the clutch factor. Totally I don't know. hitting. It's, it's wiffle ball as a game because the pitching is, if you're in the championship, you already have great pitching. You're already a solid team. I think to get that far, you also need a good bottom with your teammates. All those are factors, but to actually get over the hump, clutch factor. Yep. That's what it takes. Yep. See, I, that's why I was kind of on the same page. My two big things would definitely be like key hitting and chemistry. You need that chemistry, man. Like I said, yeah, those are all. I don't think you're. I don't think you're in the World Series without without the chemistry, without the pitching, and without you know a, a good squad of whifflers. Right. But I think in the moment you got to deliver. Once you only get it's a five game series and. You get down 1-0, 2-0, it's tough. I don't know how on earth we came back in 2017 when we did. I don't think that'll ever happen again, to be completely honest with you. This league could go on forever, beyond my lifetime, if we build it the right way. And it may never happen again because that was unbelievable. But guess what? When we were down against the, with, our, with our backs against the wall, we delivered. We got up there, and I made big pitches in big spots. Noah hit big, big um, home runs in big spots. And we just delivered time and time again. You can have the best team in the world, but if you, it's three inning games. You have right. a rough stretch of six innings where you're not hitting the ball. You're not. You're not uh, adjusting quick enough. You're. You're done. You know what I mean. Right. So I think it's the clutch factor, Jack. Uh, what do you think? I my first initial response, not that I really not like I've won a championship or anything, <laughs> but uh, my initial response, not yet. That's right. Um, would be the chemistry factor, just the bonding with your teams. But I like what you said, Tom, where it's, you know, you, you, you're probably not in that situation if you didn't have that, right? And at that point, both teams are going to hit. Both teams are going to pitch. Both teams are going to make plays in the field. It's, it's when you do it. And 
and how you do it. You know what I mean? And so I, I don't really have a better answer for that. Yeah, absolutely. And one th- another thing to touch on that is, like, I know this year with, like, me, Jonah, Shima, and even Ben Wilson in the field, say there's a ball put in play, our chemistry, we already know where everybody's going to be before the ball's even hit. Like a ground yeah. ball back to me, I know where Shima's going to be. I know where Jonah's moving. It's just playing together for so long, you kind of pick up on everybody's little tendencies. The Diamondbacks make that look so easy. And I'm, like, legit embarrassed by the way I play in the field, and here's why. Because I have the baseball background. I played competitive baseball for a decade. And I was – I'll say this. I don't care if I say this. I was the smartest guy in the field always, in my opinion, <laughs> on my team. I always knew where to go, where to be. Yep. If this hap- If this scenario happened – what to do. Every scenario, bunt, I hit the right field, left field, the double, everything. I always knew what was going on, never made a mistake. Wiffle ball, I think, I think what I've learned about myself is I'm a big repetition guy, and I need to be practicing all the time, like that type of stuff, like I was when I was playing competitive baseball. Um, like in wiffle ball, for example, though, because I'm used to playing second base in baseball and not first base, like a lot of times a ball hit on the ground, my first instinct is run towards second instead yep. of covering first. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So like stuff like that, though, it's costing my team outs. And the Diamondbacks have gotten so many plays. They have created plays that could be base hits for a lot of other teams if they're defending. The Diamondbacks are turning those into outs, and you don't realize how much an out means in a nine-out game. Exactly. It's so, so important. That's why I think defense is one of the most underrated things in wiffle ball, man. Oh, I absolutely agree. Not only if you blow, like, an easy play, does your pitcher have to get another out, then you're getting four outs in an inning, your pitcher's got to throw more pitches, mm-hmm. it's more stress on him, things like that. So I definitely couldn't be happier with the guys I got playing behind me this year. Errors will tear a team apart faster than anything else, I think, because it's just frustrating for everybody involved. As a player, it you know you can lose confidence out there when you make the error and you feel bad for making that error because now your team's in a worse position than before. As a teammate, you're frustrated because <clears throat> you know errors happen, but now you're in a worse spot than you were before, right. and now the pressure's on you to make the next play even more. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just terrible. But um, I I'd say I admire that the most about the Diamondbacks is yep. the defense, and I'd say second place to that would be the amount of fun they have while playing. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely Jack, have a lot what, of what do you what there. do you like about the Diamondbacks as the number one team in the league right now? Well, we've talked about their defense a couple times on the podcast. We've definitely hit on that already. I think that's, the, you know, a huge difference maker, and we just talked about the clutch factor. I mean, being able to make clutch plays, especially defensively, that's how you guys got the final two outs in that World Series when you came back. Noah makes a snag. He n- knew he could tag second, clutch play. And I think, you know, like you said, those couple couple outs a game – where it was a it was a good hit, but it was an even better defensive play down the stretch. That's just going to make such a big such a big difference. Completely, absolutely. Jimmy, since we still have you here, I want to ask you something too. Touch on the defense and the fun, but is there anything in MLW that before you got here, like what surprised you about the league? I guess is what I'm trying to say, because it's one thing to watch it in the videos, another thing to do it. I've asked this to other players before, but what were the surprises for you? Yeah, that's a good question, Tom. I know a lot of fans at home, when they probably watch our videos, they're probably like, oh, how are these guys not hitting that, things like that. And I was kind of the same way, honestly. I was like, oh, I could hit that for sure. And I remember I showed it to my first series against the Cobras, and I was like, this is much harder than I ever expected it to be. (laughs) I mean, Drew Davis was throwing hard. Everything moves. You don't know what pitch is coming. It's so difficult, man. The pitching is just so good. Every single pitcher, and especially now, most teams even have two guys who can get you out easily. So... It was a big adjustment for sure, and I mean, again, that's why I kind of had to start scouting pitchers, just so I could have a better offensive season. you got to adapt. I've gotta been talking adapt. about that on this show, being able to adapt, especially as a veteran in this league who has 
10 plus years of footage on them yeah you gotta be able to yeah, to read and react <laughs> here because um as i've learned myself it ain't gonna cut it anymore um so it's cool always cool to hear perspectives from uh newer guys in the league jimmy you're kind of a movie guy aren't you yeah, Tom, I'm into movies, definitely. I, I thought you were you were a movie guy, and Jack and I have discussed the possibility of talking movies on this podcast from time to time, so uh, I, I might let you two uh, just, just chat it up here, a little little bonfire talk, you know what I mean? Absolutely. See what we got here. All right. Off the top, you're on an island, a barren island. There's nothing there except a projector yep. and a DVD player, and you got... One DVD. Wow. What movie is it? It's a good question, Jack. I feel like if I'm stranded on an island and I can only have one movie to watch, I'm going to need something to brighten my spirits. And no movie will brighten my spirits like the Three Stooges, Jack. <laughs> that movie cracks me up every time. You got Mo, you got Larry, you got Curly, a couple of goofballs. There's nothing better than watching those guys yak it up for a good two hours. <laughs> oh, I love that pick. My when I when I just asked that question, my first initial thought was Castaway with Tom oh. Hanks because you are on an island and he ends up surviving, which could you know give lighten your spirits. <laughs> I would hope. probably go with. There's one movie that, no matter how late it is, if it comes on TV, I have to watch it. The whole thing finished, and that is. Miracle. Miracle on Ice. Jack, I kid you not, when you first asked me what movie, Miracle was really? one, of the, one of the first ones that came to my head. Dude, I, fr I love that movie. It's that so movie good. just never gets old. I get I get chills yeah. down my body every single time I see that movie. All of, all of Herb Brooks' speech in the locker room, yep. it just fires me up. I'm such a competitive guy. It's such a great, like, patriotic movie, too. And obviously the sports aspect is just awesome. Um... What about you, Tom? Do you got one in mind? Well, you know, I'm no, I'm no movie critic. Let's put it that way. I'm not one to have been down the rabbit hole of every critically acclaimed film ever made. But um, I mean, who doesn't like watching movies from time to time? It'd be a hard decision because, like I said, I haven't seen that many of like the legendary movies and the iconic films, and even a lot of new films. I don't watch that many movies, um, but. One that comes to mind, and there's a reason behind it of why I like it is Inception. Never heard of it. Never you never, never heard of Inception. Never heard of Inception. Wow, you have to watch that. Alright, I'll go home um, tonight. Well, the reason being is I don't even think the podcast knows this about me, but ever since I was a kid, I've always been really into dreams. I've always thought dreams are the coolest thing. I think Jimmy you knows. You told about me this yeah. like last week. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. why? Why even? So Inception's dreams? about dreams, <laughs> and I don't know. It was a thing. The reason this is a thing for I guess some background. We'll have to get into this one day and pipe it up, but. Ever since I was a kid, like, I would have dreams where, like, I would, like, realize I was dreaming and become aware of it. And then it would happen from time to time. I never really thought anything of it. And then in, like, fifth or sixth grade, I remember, like, being just, like, in school working on something, like, a worksheet or something at a table. And then, like, the topic of lucid dreaming came up. And I was like, what was that? And the kids at my table were like, it's where you, like, wake up in your dream and know your dreaming can control it. And they're like, people can do it and, like, they can manipulate their stuff. And I'm like... I've been doing this my entire life and didn't know, like, I thought that happened to everybody. Like, I, thought it was, dreamer. I thought it was normal. And everyone was like, you can lucid dream? And I'm like, is that? I was like, yeah, I guess. I thought, I thought everyone had those experiences. So then, like, I actually went home and Googled it. 
and was like amazed that like people were actually like try and do this and like it was a thing and like i remember noah daberko and i because he he was also when i found out who was like doing it his whole life without trying but then we were like f- actually actively trying to do this and now i'm like too busy and it's hard we're not like focused on it as much it's like it doesn't happen now i get one like once a month maybe but we were like actively trying to have them and like keeping a dream journal and stuff in like eighth grade i was probably having five a week like no it was way. insane you still have that dream journal tom no, because it was a note on my phone. Oh, I don't think so. I didn't have like a physical mistake. one to write on. Big yeah, it was mistake. a it was a note in my Galaxy S three, I think, at the time. <laughs> Galaxy. Yeah, S3. it was my first smartphone, <laughs> so I don't have it. But Inception's about dreams. That's probably why I'd pick it. But other classics that I like, um, sports movies. I'd say Remember the Titans. Great. I one. love Remember the Titans. Very sad. Um, second place, or even just as close, Moneyball. I'm a big Moneyball guy. Oh, yeah. Um, and then comedies. Oof. There's no, like, comedy movies that I'm like, oh, I guess Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Dude, that's another I never, one I just saw. I, just I don't saw think I that. could, for the first time, like, like probably oh, two weeks ago. Oh, my gosh, dude. I love Napoleon Dynamite. That's, like, a classic comedy that I'll probably never get tired of quoting. Once again, one that me and Noah like both a lot. And then, like, a, what have I not touched on yet? I guess Inception's kind of like a drama, a thriller type thing. Scary movie, I like Sinister. I think yeah. I've said that in the podcast before. I yeah. love Sinister. You can't tell me that Drew Davis doesn't look exactly like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> that's all that's all I could see the whole time I was watching it. Okay, here's one you didn't touch on. What about like a movie that maybe you'd watch in your feels sort of that you m- might be a little bit embarrassed of that you actually like? <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. So I'm like like I'm sad type <laughs> thing? Uh, well, maybe sad, but just more of like maybe it's more of like a Maybe it's more of just like a chick movie. <laughs> oh, like, no. Oh, like it's not necessarily that you're sad, but just like, you know, maybe like a romantic movie. Something that like guys don't re- aren't like, oh, yeah, dude, I just watched this like sick romantic movie, you know? So this is like a guilty pleasure movie that like I yeah. might be embarrassed about. I have, I've just talked about this on the car ride with Caden going down to um, Illinois. We had this conversation about movies we like. I have a chick flick that comes to mind immediately that I'm not even embarrassed about liking. <laughs> yeah. Let me hear it. Pitch perfect. No, Tom, that's, Tom, I was going to say the same thing. Tom, I kid you not, I was going to say the exact same thing. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Me and Narp just became no, best no, friends. No, 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 that's Pitch crazy, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. Dude, I was going to rat out Jonah, too, because Jonah's oh, also a big Pitch God, Perfect guy. Oh, my God, this is so funny Dude, now. Dude, that's it's crazy. It's such a great movie. Dude, I'm not kidding you. Every time that movie's on TV, I'm parking my butt in the couch oh, watching it. Every man, time. I got I got ripped on in high school for telling people I was gonna watch. Pitch oh, Perfect, dude, man. no! I swear to God, when the thir- the third one came out, I saw like, it in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, but the third one came out. I think we were. I was like in early, maybe in freshman year of college. You were you in high school still? Yeah, I was in high school. Yeah, and I'm like Noah and Steve. We'd always watch a movie on like. A Thursday during school, and so, like maybe even a we- like we do one a week pretty much, like on a weekday. And they were like, Tom, what movie do you want to watch? I'm like, Honestly, I want to see Pitch Perfect 3. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, Pitch Perfect is, Quality a, great, film. is a great film. Quality entertainment right there. Anna Kendrick in that movie is 100% oh. my celebrity crush. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's Doesn't do it any if, better. If I had to pick a celebrity crush from a certain moment in time, Anna, Anna Kendrick. Kendrick. The Cup Song, are you kidding me right cup now? Cup Song, just good stuff. Goes crazy. Just, it's funny, got a good plot. Some good-looking women, you just can't beat it. You can't beat it. You really can't. Jack, how about you? You made me say mine, and Norp agreed with <laughs> yeah, me wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's a great movie. What about you? <laughs> Jack 
Well, now I'm really embarrassed because <laughs> that's not where I thought it was gonna go. But Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect is that's a good pick. That's a great movie. The only thing I would say, you just mentioned the Cup song. When that movie came out, my older sister learned the Cup song and she was so good at it and is actually good at singing. Uh-huh. But it was just like that's all I heard for like three weeks straight was just the same <laughs> like that. It got so annoying. But um, my, what I would say, and now I'm like really embarrassed, but I would say The Notebook. I think it's a classic, like romantic chick flick movie. But I think there's a lot of guys out there that like that movie and would not tell you that they did. No, it's a good movie. I saw it once. Never be ashamed to like a movie no. or a song or any any hobby. I play, Jack, I'm not embarrassed. I play wiffle ball in my spare time, okay? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You can't, at this point, it's like whatever. People can think whatever they want about me. Um, what I have a question though. You said that's not where I thought the question was going. What did you think I was gonna say? Like a, like a rom com type thing? I mean, that kind of is like yeah, a, it's a chick flick. Yeah, there's a little rom com in there. I mean, that's a chick flick, but I mean, like you said, it's just like there's there's good looking ladies in it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that 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 type of movie. I guess I was thinking more of along the lines of what my answer was because those are two completely different yeah, movies. You know, hundred yeah. percent different movies. I'm trying to think if I have any other ones. The Notebook, I've never even seen all the way through, to be really? honest with you. I've seen parts of it, though, on TV. Um, I'm trying to think. Also, I'll, like, I'll like shamelessly I'll shamelessly watch, like, kids' movies still. Oh, yeah. Like, Disney time. Pixar movies. I'll still watch those. That's not, I don't really feel embarrassed by it. We were just at the hotel in Illinois, and Wally came on. I'm like, oh, I'm watching this. Quality film. Dude, I mean, the original SpongeBob movie. Great oh, movie. Oh, classic. Are you Great kidding movie. me? Goofy Absolute Goober. classic. Doesn't, There's some iconic it. lines in that I always forget about. Um... But yeah, a SpongeBob movie I love. I still like SpongeBob the cartoon, the original ones. Oh yeah. Um, what other movies do I like that are like kids movies? I like like all this, the Pixar movies are all pretty good. Yeah. Me and Alec Warda both have a thing for Real Steel. That's a great movie. It's the robot fighting movie. You ever seen? That? I love that movie. That used to be one of my favorite movies, dude. So that that might have been added to Netflix recently. I think it was. And I was watching it, dude. Literally, at the end, I was like, this is kind of a tearjerker. I was, like, getting <laughs> emotional at the end. It is a little bit emotional, that movie. It's just so... It's, like, it's a, it's a great movie. It's action-packed. Like you said, gets your emotions going a little bit. It's funny that you can even watch it now as an adult and still just be like, I love this movie. I think, like, some of those Pixar movies, you can... That's, like, my mom's favorite movie is Toy Story, you know? Yeah. And like those movies, those movies are timeless. I will watch those movies until the day I die. I agree a hundred percent. Oh yeah, those movies are all great, man. Like Finding Nemo, Toy Story, Cars came on the Finding other day, Nemo. and I watched Cars. That's a great movie. Was there a you got it? Yeah, I'm eating chips here. Um, <laughs> Cars is great. I was very surprised. I never saw it until like maybe two years ago. Only Cars three. No, 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 not ca- oh. not the original. Cars three. Okay. Ca- original I saw in theaters probably. Gotcha. Cars 3, phenomenal film. They did a great job with Cars 3. You ever seen it? You know, I don't know if I've seen it. I'm thinking about it. I've definitely saw the second one. They Car, Cars 2 was okay. Cars like, 3, they knocked out of the park, I'm telling you. It was like, it had like the emotions that you usually get in Disney Pixar. It had like the happy ending type thing of where like, and everything works out kind of, but right. they just had like a twist in there that I wasn't expecting. And it was like, I was like, wow, this is a really good movie. Cars but, 2 was like the one where they made her was like a secret agent, right? I think so. Okay, yeah, so I definitely haven't seen the first I don't think I ever then. saw Cars 3, no, but now I'm going to have to watch yeah. it. We're going to, Jack, we'll watch it together, man. Yeah, we'll I'm down for go that. Go home, watch some Cars 3, was, get some popcorn going. Was, was there was there a 
was there a TV show, like a kid show, that you maybe watched a little bit too long? I mean, SpongeBob comes to mind. Yeah, like I, my dad would make fun of me for watching SpongeBob. Um, that'd probably be the only one. I mean, I, I watched The Office a lot. That's not really a kid That's show. That's not a kid show. SpongeBob was like my go-to cartoon. Um, but like all the other stuff, like the iCarly's, the Drake and Josh, like I, I didn't have the upgraded cable package to even continue watching those once they got moved off of Nickelodeon. So it was pretty much the SpongeBob TV shows, I think. I can't think of any other ones. Yeah, I can't really say I really watched any too much longer. Like iCarly, I feel like I was probably like 12 when that show yeah. ended. I guess I'd that could be yeah. kind of old, but not that old. No, so I mean, really I think know. we were the appropriate age for that yeah. at the time. But SpongeBob, I was watching like like in high school if I wasn't doing anything. And like on the weekend, I'd wake up in the morning and throw on SpongeBob. I was like eating my cereal. And oh, I was like, absolutely. really, SpongeBob? And I'm like, SpongeBob's <laughs> funny. Like some it of the, funny. the humor in there. There's some underrated humor in SpongeBob. It never gets old either. You can rewatch them all over and over We're, again. I think we have a lot of SpongeBob guys in MLW too. That's good. And Kyle just walked down here. Now I want to ask Jimmy, can you hand your mic to Kyle? I can absolutely hand my we mic. We need to, to ask Kyle, Kyle a question now. He doesn't need the headphones. Um, <laughs> Kyle, we got on the topic of movies, and we had a pretty good laugh when we started talking about like what's one movie you probably should be a little bit embarrassed to watch, whether it's like a chick flick or like a rom com or an emotional movie. Do you have a do you have a go to movie? Oh, like movie? Yeah. Oh I guess God. it could be a show too. Me and I'll tell well, you what we said. So I can well no, I want I wanna take your yeah, I wanna see I wanna see what you say first. Movie. And if you say what we said, me and Jimmy are gonna like run laps of excitement probably. Can I, can you give me some time to think about this? I guess, yeah. I mean I I knew right away that's how much I like this movie, but <laughs> Well, the thing for me, I don't watch a ton of movies. No, do so I? Like, so, like, if I like a movie, like... Kyle also doesn't have any sisters. Yeah. So that doesn't help. Oh, I got one. I Kyle's got, got one. Mean Girls. Mean Girls. That's a wow. good movie. I've only seen that movie one time ever. I think that's a funny movie. I think it has... Lindsay, a, Lindsay Lohan I, I've in seen her prime. It. I've seen it a lot. I was probably in high school still. Oh, four. And I watched it with my sister. <laughs> and it was... It has good, its moments. It has good, its moments. Good it's iconic. It's, like, it's iconic It's movie. on TV a lot, too. So maybe that's why I see it a lot, but... Okay. What were your answers now that I got that out of the way? So... <laughs> Maybe I've seen I'll, these too. Then I'll fill you in. So J- Jack asked me this question, <laughs> and it's a good, good I was prompt. Like, I was like, honestly, I'm not embarrassed to say this, and I go, "Pitch perfect." And then Jimmy's eyes light up, and he's like, "Dude, me too." Yeah, I, we started I, dying laughing. I feel like that's one of those movies where you kind of you see it if you have a sister, which wasn't the yeah, case exactly. for me. Like I wasn't gonna go out on my I, own. We and see we that. re-rented that on DVD, probably <laughs> family movie night when I was in middle school, and I was like, "This is the greatest film I've ever watched in my life." <laughs> <laughs> kind of kidding, but I mean, I still watch it to this day. What was so. Jack's? Jack said. Jack said the Notebook. Jimmy said. Uh, I've never perfect. seen that either. I've never seen the Notebook all the way through. I I did. I think sit through it as a very young child when it first came out. And I never went back and rewatched it. So interesting. But any other hot movie takes? We talked about our one movie we could take on an island. Oh, uh, Moneyball probably. Did you say oh, that? We all, yeah, Moneyball was said. <laughs> I said sports. I said remember the Titans or Moneyball. You know what a really underrated movie is that Alec and I share this really great fondom of? Oh, is this going to be the same one I said? Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh. Great film. Me and, me and Alec quote that movie a lot. I watched that in the school and didn't pay too much attention to it, but is it a good movie? It, is, it really is. What, do you, what, do you, what are your film. thoughts on that, Agner? That's a good film. What's I haven't, a, what's your uh, island I haven't movie? heard that uh, my island movie was Miracle. Oh, okay. Yeah, great That great one's movie. just like... Very respectful yeah, choice. I mean, it just it never gets old. Never gets old. But. It'll be funny how many times we're at the like just like the meadows, and me and Tommy will just say a line from the from Moneyball, and we'll just go through the whole script. It seems like of the movie, uh, we'll just play off each other. I mean, it's such a good movie. I don't know, great soundtrack too. I listened to the Moneyball soundtrack. You know, Tommy, the song, uh, the Mighty Rio Grande by This Will Destroy You. Just you just said it. Me and Caden were in the car. We're talking That's about Moneyball, and Caden was like, "I love the scene where it's like." Beep. 
Tommy, that is that's like my number one song. And I was Spotify like, rapped like the last three years because I I studied to it and I like worked to it. You yeah, know what I mean? that's kind of funny. But I couldn't. I we were, we were like humming the song. I was like Kyle would know the name to this for sure because he's oh, yeah. a movie soundtrack guy. But I never got into that. Starting, I would listen I to love like movie soundtracks. Nor people movie soundtrack guy. I don't know the movie soundtracks, like the actual songs. No way. I, I'm a big fan of like scores, like Hans Zimmer, Dude. And, like Michael Donna, and all these guys. You're, you said your island video was Inception. That that soundtrack is incredible. Oh yeah, that's a Hans. You gotta listen on a car ride. Just the Inception soundtrack. Time, time by Inception. Time by. Yeah, Hans see, I don't, Zimmer. I don't do that. Like, I don't listen to just like blank soundtracks like that. When I would study, I'm nothing Michigan better State, than like riding the riding the bus. My, listening my, to a soundtrack. my buddies got me onto the Lo-Fi Study Beats thing. You guys ever uh, heard of that? Yeah, I do that. So I did that, and it actually, I think it worked pretty good. Eighties synthwave. 80s synth chill wave synth wave just look up youtube mixes 80s synth wave you will have the chillest night of your well, life well i don't need to study anymore so that's done you could work to it i, I do a lot of like work to it mm-hmm. i mean it's another good like genre that's like i guess not huge but very i relaxing. would i would more so like a lo-fi study beats thing and then i would usually just like i felt like if i were to like put my music on shuffle i'd pay attention to the music too much that was going on so i'd usually just like pick an actual album mm-hmm. and let it go because that way I didn't know like every single song on it, but it was kind of like in the background and I knew a couple songs type of thing. But I don't know. Studying, I- I'll miss some stuff about Michigan State, but man, like <laughs> the fact that I don't have to do homework anymore is is pretty cool. So you were never like a big guy who makes their own playlist to listen to things. You would always just pick an album. Oh no, but like I have my library. Okay. I like I I add music to my library that I like, and then when it's like just me in the car, like if I'm just riding around by myself, I'll just shuffle my whole library. Okay, that makes But like if I'm sense. riding around with friends, or like we're having a party or something like that, then I'll make like a playlist for that specific event that fits the vibe, you know? I know. But I'm like, for myself, I don't like make a playlist for the car, or like for the shower. I just get in and press shuffle. Oh, no way, man. You gotta, you gotta listen to the Jimmy Norp Hype It Up playlist. The, the D- Hype, D- hype, oh, hype, hype, hype it, up. it Up playlist. D-backs hype listen it up, to it every it car ride out to the Meadows. Yeah, see, like, like for things like that, like when I'm with my friends and I know they're not gonna <laughs> want to hear some of the stuff I listen to, I'll make a playlist for it. Imagine Dragons, Eminem. Okay, okay. Great stuff on that playlist. Great stuff. I mean, whatever it Mr. is, Mr. Brightside. Whatever on it, it is, it's working. So I, I think I need that. I okay. think I need the playlist because whatever you're doing is working, man. Send it your way. Yeah, you might, you might have to, you might have to. Man, that's what I need is a good Mallard's hype playlist. But all right, folks, well, this episode's been everywhere. We've been off the walls. We've gone from Norp interviews to series talk to movie talk to Norp almost dying as an infant. <laughs> this has been crazy. <laughs> as Kyle's face is like, what? But he'll have to take a listen to this podcast to get filled in. That is 60 episodes now in the book. We appreciate you guys tuning in to every single one. We'll see you next week. You know, every once in a while, the boys got to eat, man. Dogs got to eat. What do you got, Jack? A rockin' song. Tortilla chips? Wow. They're literally called Jack's Special Seasoned Those are the best tortilla chips, chips, I swear to you. They're pretty good. Those are the best ones. And then we're going with Garden Fresh Gourmet, Sweet Onion Salsa, Mild. I'm going with some. Courtesy of Mark Schultz. I'm going with, uh, courtesy of myself, some cheddar cheese, Pringles. And of course, Kirkland Signature Purified Water. Naturally. Naturally. Kirkland's got great deals. I mean, there's not that many companies that make water, bottled water, and also putters. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, they really got it going on. They're hitting all facets. <laughs>